We are live. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the most professional stream on the internet, the Microwave Extravaganza podcast. And you can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher. We are live. Oh, well, God damn it. I forgot everyone. to. Welcome back to the most professional stream. On... There we go. I always... And our sponsor today is ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, that's how it's going to be in Ancapistan. We're going to be our own sponsors, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and we are also sponsored by. <laughs> God, you're gonna love this. We're all, we're also sponsored by um, Dapperton Rage. Remember, if you don't feel comfortable with someone associating with someone else, pick up a bottle of this little bit of goo. We were able to extract it from his, from the part of the brain that makes you completely irrational, angry, and inferior to everyone else around you. Straight from Mr. Dapperton's skull. Please pick up a bottle of this today if you want to rage out like a psychopath over nothing at all. See, see now, see now. So I, I, I had nothing to do with you saying that. See now, people are going to accuse me of reigniting the drama. Just no, 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 no. Okay, okay. So um, the volunteer <laughs> has nothing to do with this. This is all RCN Incorporated, bitches. So <clears throat> we all. <laughs> this is one I've been using a lot. We are also sponsored by cult by a. <laughs> We are also sponsored by um by um strawberry liquid pussy. These cans of pussy are absolutely delicious. Trust me, it can it can make you happier every single day. If you've had a hard day at work, pick up a can today at your local grocery store. Whipped cream not included. <laughs> you know that there, that every girl listening to the stream, all all one of them, uh, it. Uh, we'll be laughing at that, and there's then, then there's gonna be some feminist that says, ah! "All one and a half of them." Yeah, oh, one and a half of them. <laughs> and finally, finally, we are we are brought to you by San Francisco and their new uh, and their new um, poison gas. As a, San Francisco has turned all of their um, all of that toxic smug that they've been having in there for years into now a poisonous gas that can kill anything and anyone. If you have ants in your house, go to San Francisco, pick up a nice bottle of one of their gases, fumigate your entire house. Believe me, all the ants will either die or kill themselves after sucking in all that smugness. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the volunteerist. The volunteerist consumer, I'll have you know. Well, all right, the volunteerist consumer, I get... I didn't want to include that last part because it made me feel like you were bought out. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, okay, so first off, of, um, you're an ANCAP, as everyone in, um, probably already knows. I but... mean, I, I fluctuate. I fluctuate. Sometimes I'm just an extreme libertarian. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on what mood you catch me in. Yeah. Well, what mood would I what, – what would you – if I play the fresh bear, but sorry, if I play the fresh bell of, <laughs> you know what song I'm talking about. If I play that song right now, uh, what kind of libertarian do you think you would be? I'm probably feeling pretty uh, ancap right about now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like I like your attitude too. You know, you're very. I can tell you've got a very like strong frame. I can tell already. I hate. I I've dealt with a lot of people who are very you know a little bit timid, and that's fine with me. You know, they are just what they are. But, I mean, I like people who can, you know, hold their own in a debate. Yeah, I, I like to think I'm a I'm a decent speaker aside from my stutter. <laughs> I can barely tell. I mean, 
Like I've got a baritone, but I also whenever I raise my voice. A sudden guest appearance by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Steroids are reading. Get to the job now. Back to California with you. Uh, you know what? You know, I, I had I did an entire stream with Donovan Moreland, and we talked about how he said like he was born and raised in San Francisco, and when he heard that um, Arnold was going to be the governor, he said, and everyone thought he was going to fix the reservoirs and all the environmental problems and everything else. He's like, "You motherfuckers are going to die. I'm, I'm moving to Oregon." <laughs> Because he knew he knew that like one of the I'm sorry, did you have something to say? No, no, no I'm just laughing. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> he moves to Oregon and he knew like the wife of um Arnold was uh actually um her last name isn't this, you know, because you know she took someone else's last name. You know, well not 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 she took someone else's last name, but her father was from a different family. But she her family is is a part of the Kennedys. And I really do mean not like like a second tier, like oh my my second removed cousin, no, like a uh, direct this like uh, cousin of um of the uh, of the very wealthy elite Kennedy family, like direct like bloodline. Like he 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 basically married into JFK's family. Taking all bets, taking all bets on how this dude is gonna die. <laughs> Me? No, 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 no. Um, I probably will be killed. I probably will be. <laughs> like, who are, it's a well-known fact that all the Kennedy males die very prematurely. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh well, here, here, Arnold, never go to Texas, and you'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh come on now, he's the governor. Show some respect. He's the governor. He's the governor. <laughs> You know, I think that's why everyone voted for him. I think that even though, come on, let's both agree. Even if you're, even if he's not, he's obviously not a man cap, neither am I. But even as a conservative or a right winger in general, he's really what I like to call the uh, the diet conservative. You know, the couch bound, you know, listen to Rush Limbaugh here and there. Um, um, sometimes vote Republican kind of guy. You know, he just, he, he shows up for the food. Oh, yeah. The dude who's never read a moral philosophy book in his life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I personally have never really actually sat down and read an entire moral philosophy book because I just had never had time. But I've read parts and pieces. I actually still have the book with me. I don't know where I put it, but I read I read Rand. I have I've read uh not Fountainhead, but um Atlas Shrugged. That was pretty good. Dude, you um, try to sit through Fountainhead? God bless your soul, man. That's gotta uh, oof. Oh, that's a it's depressing and it's long as shit. Oh, don't worry. It gets even more depressing. <laughs> if it was, if they made it today, they'd call it the Dark Souls of Books. <laughs> I think that's just. I think that's because back then people weren't such big pussies. But you know. Well, I think that that's just because back then Ayn Rand wasn't a pussy. Oh yeah, when you come from when you come from Soviet Russia, you will not be pussy. <laughs> Even though she had a pussy, <laughs> that's the irony. She'd probably kick yours anyway. <laughs> oh, I think she kicked both ours. I think. Do you think she could kick yours? Oh, uh, dude, I, I I am very lethargic. I I I incredibly doubt that I could stand up to someone from Soviet Russia. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's where they get all that all that toughness, like all that all that you know bravery, and just the stereotype of them being brave. It's kind of like you know saying that all Israelis know it's like how to kick your ass. It's probably because it's like it's probably some truth to that, you know. Yeah, it also has probably has something to do with the stiffness of their booze. Oh, well, hey, I'm from Wisconsin, and trust me, it's it's a flip of a coin. Um, and if you know, like, you're in the U.S., right? Yeah. Okay, so it's, I don't know why Canadians don't know this. I've talked to Canadians. I've, uh, you know, um, I had a quick little talk with Lauren um, Southern, uh, but it was like a quick Twitter conversation. I don't even remember where it was. You know, it was just like a little bit of a joke. Like she was saying, like, uh, if only you Americans knew what Canadian beer tastes like. I said, bitch, come down to Milwaukee, then you'll know what an alcohol is. Well, I didn't use those words, but it was a joke like that. I also yeah. talked to Short Fat Ataku. And so for anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about, I kid you not, they did a study, 20 of the top, sorry, 10 of the top 20 drunkest cities in the U.S. are just in Wisconsin alone. So I think that gives you a good idea. <sighs> you so what's the topic again? All right. I'm sorry. We, we, this is, this is a, West, a very open-ended stream. So, but um, yeah. Open-ended with a whole two people. <laughs> Hey, look look then, at the comment section, everybody. Everybody, look at the live comment section. What <laughs> do we see? Nothing. <laughs> There's a whole two people watching right now, and I'm one of them, just to check <laughs> on the comments. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but did you tweet it out, though? Oh, right. I, I was supposed to do that, wasn't I? Yeah, you were. I, I tweeted it out, although I didn't say it was a stream. I was kind of lazy, so I'll just say it's a stream real quick. But um, I actually, we get most of our viewership afterward, and actually most of it isn't on YouTube because my YouTube channel is rather small, like 78 subscribers. But the rest of but – my, but my presence in other places, ironically, is actually bigger. Like I'm, I'm more well-known on iTunes, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's nice. I know. It's – also very weird. I don't know why, but I plan on uh, I plan on uh, turning that around. I have a uh, method, if you will. And I don't want to. I don't think I want to hear about your solutions. <laughs> so why is that? I'm worried we're gonna run across the final solution. The final solution. <laughs> why would I? Why would I? Why would I? Why would I? Why would I commit gen genocide? Eh, just felt like that. That's where that conversation was going. No, 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 no. I'm too lazy. <laughs> Sorry, I've made like three nat soaks today. You've had what? I, I debated three nat soaks today alone. Like one of them, one of them literally argued that women should be property, and the weakest and the least fertile of them should be exterminated on mass. Well, come on, don't put that on me. What are do <laughs> what the fuck bro hey man this is what happens on discord <laughs> i mean i'm on discord sharing, man they say sharing is caring and here you go uh, <laughs> like sharing is caring like stds sharing them all the time uh, oh god oh was it like a live call or was it like you know messages messages up until i blocked them Oh, Jesus. All right, so, you know, we should probably get back on topic. So I want to I wanna ask you this. Um, 
So uh, when it comes to this, how you would achieve the, I'm guessing you're also an ANCAP supporter, right? You probably would want abolishment of the government or hardly any at all, right? Yeah, about right. Okay. How, what is, what, everyone says, you know, education would be a good thing, but what would you do specifically if you, let's say, let's be honest, money really does have power. Let's, let's be honest. If you want to make, if you really, really want to hit the system where, where it lives, you kind of got to be someone who's able to pay for a lot of things to do that. So let's say we gave you, let's say you're a billionaire, boom, billionaire, the volunteerist, um, what would you do? Uh, what would I, that, that question came out kind of weird. What would I do to further ANCAP as mm -hmm. an ideology? Well, as an ideology and eventually get to the end goal, because, you know, obviously you want people to vote for, for, for less government. You want people to. No, nobody wants any voting. That That's a Dapperton idea. No, I do not believe in voting. Well, I sometimes, I, I generally don't believe in voting. Yeah. Kind of like, um, it's, it's because, kind of like I, because I personally believe that uh, voting is participating in mob rule and therefore exerting force or violence on somebody somewhere. So it's it, it's morally unjustifiable to me. Okay, so what would you do to spread the ANCAP ideology and get people to come to alternatives that go around the government system? Eventually, where the government just fades out of existence. I'm guessing that's what you want to do, right? Where people just, you know, they use Bitcoin instead of the dollar, stuff like that. Well, I, I do think innovation would will seriously help um, with um, f uh, furthering humanity to a to a point where they don't need governments uh, like that. Bitcoin's an excellent example. It's a it's a demand based, completely online thing that was designed to usurp government control, and it's doing incredibly well at that. It, it's an untaxable currency, you know. Damn, I I, I like the. When you said untaxable, a light went off in my head. Ding! Because I live, I live, I'm not going to I actually, okay. I, um, I actually, I'm not going to say whether I actually do live in this city or not. I'm just going to say I live close here. I live in Southeast Wisconsin. I tell people I live in Milwaukee, but that's just because that's easy for people to figure out. It's not, I, I actually, I'm not going to tell the actual city I live in. Um, but I've been an inside Milwaukee plenty of times and you literally pay a tax to own a car and why not and, and and then you pay a separate tax for the size of your tires the larger the tire the more you pay you don't pay that anywhere else in the states so you can see how how little in favor i am of taxes that sounds it just really that that just rings a bell with me you know what i mean yeah i get you i get you because taxation is theft you are you are being stolen from and the justification that they're deciding to use is your tower your tires are too big or your car exudes too much um, pollution, right? That's yeah. what they're saying. Yeah, I can understand. Like it was privately owned, they said this is just one of our rules. Go on a different road, you know, if you don't want. Yeah, to. like if it was, if you were driving through like a gated community, and they said, "Oh well, we don't allow pickup trucks because we think they cause too much pollution." So um, you, you'll have to pay a fee to drive that in here. That's one thing because you can choose to disassociate with that. However, because it's a government program. There's the threat of force and violence behind everything they say. You know. Well, what if, if you uh, if you decide to say no to a private organization, they'll they'll just either make you leave or or yeah, uh, I don't know, call in security, something like that. But, you, but in the case of government, there's always some kind of punishment that infringes on your personal autonomy. Yeah, yeah. They well, they'll put you in jail 
if you would say no, but only if you say no, but I'm not leaving. Like, only if you choose to associate with them in a manner they don't like. Yeah. Yeah. So, in other yeah. words, you just avoid it altogether by just not doing that. Yeah, th there's a lot of workarounds that people could use in, in cases like that. Just yeah. got to know the laws. Yeah. Well, personally, but I'm a minarchist, um, so I believe um, – I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. Um, someone will really have to convince me that Ancapistan could exist and be feasible. It's not – I don't. If I thought, you know, we could we could have it where we never need a government, and we're all good, you know, uh, we'd be good. And I haven't taken a look at uh, Esso's uh, links, but he sent me some links to uh, like things like, for instance, I think it was like Ireland during some century or whatever. Oh like, yeah, medi uh, medieval Ireland. Um, medieval Ireland. They had no um, recognizable government, the, the almost no governing power whatsoever, and yet they still managed to form into militias and such to beat back the highly trained, highly organized British army for a thousand years. Which is cool. Although I would argue, how, is it that they didn't have a government, or is it that they just never had an official government, but they had something that could be basically called a government? That, that changed region to region. Some areas were tribal, some areas were totally individualistic. Alright, I'll have to look into that for myself. You know, I'm sure you guys are not against, you know, you know personal investigation. Oh yeah, yeah, go go ahead, man. Yeah, absolutely. Personally, as a minarchist, I just see the government as being kind of a naturally occurring thing because I I said this in my video called "Ancapistan: A Nation Without Introspection." Yes, the title is made to invoke emotion to get clicks, but my actual video is also designed to actually, you know, have real information. You know, you get it's not really clickbait if you give people what what you said you were going to give them, is it? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's a good point. But um, back to <laughs> your, <laughs> back to your question, um, what I would do if I had all the money in the world? The the first answer is always education. My second answer would uh, be some kind of space industry or seasteading. That for me, and uh, I personally think that that's the more realistic eventuality, in my opinion. That some uh, some group of ancaps are just anarchists in general, are just going to gather together the money to um, make an island, which is something we can do now, and be self-sufficient somewhere. Or, if the technology gets far long enough, you know, make like a, I don't know, space colony. That'd be cool. <laughs> you think it would be a lonely island? I'm so sorry, that was really bad. See, just because of that, we're never going to allow anyone named Gilligan, ever. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't just kill Gilligan and eat his organs. No, he's too skinny. You gotta eat the captain. <laughs> well, why Why kill anyone but Gilligan? Like, they could all do some type of job. Let's be honest. The women, they, they would serve the, the highest purpose, but they probably wouldn't like it too much. Uh, and, and, and then within a few months, they could just be off the island if they just fucking killed Gilligan! Yeah, like every plan they had got ruined by Gilligan one way or another. <laughs> like smoke signals, Gilligan, I, I think he threw water on it by mistake. Oh, Radio, he bashed his head into it until it broke. You know, <laughs> Gilligan is the reason that they were on that island for 20 years and 40, and like 40 seasons or something. 
Well, you know what they could do? They could send them a, a drift so that way they don't have to break the non-aggression principle and watch them die alone. Yeah, you just put them on a little tugboat behind the rest of the ship and, and like, eat popcorn or something as you watch them starve to death. <laughs> or better yet, better yet, if none of that works, because somehow Gilgan messed that up, too. Like, you try to trick him, and he does exactly what he's saying. Somehow gets messed up. I would personally just use a CB radio to call in an airstrike on the island. Like, I feel like if you can call in an airstrike, you can call in somebody to chopper you out of there, though. Yeah, but Gilgan would fuck it up somehow. Yeah, you would say that there was a there was a leftover Japanese encampment somewhere on the island. Yeah. The US military would, would napalm the whole island. <laughs> like like basically basically yeah, exactly. You say that, but then all of a sudden there is an actual encampment and Gilgan somehow manages to piss them off. They have one anti aircraft gun and somehow it manages to stop it. <laughs> because the show needs to go on. To make that money. Oh, that's... No, no, no. I'm talking like a series finale. <laughs> like, Gilgan, I'm sorry, but we cannot take this bullshit anymore. Yeah, it's like an R-rated film with all the same actors. Yeah, and the best They've part... been on the island for 60 years. Yeah, they, they all start a giant orgy to, to finish off the rest of their lives. <laughs> then they say... Then they... Then they... That, and then and then one of them gets religious at the end and says, "God, take me now." Yeah, the captain gets religious. The 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 scientist guy manages to land both the chicks, and Gilligan and the rich guy end up uh, uh, out in the cold. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, dude, we gotta write that. <laughs> well, you know, what? I already had. A, I already wrote a script for something else. I'll sh I'll send it to you sometime. But it's a, it's a script for a show that I know will never get made. I'll you, read it. What? I'll read it, man. It's a, it's a, it'll, be a, it'll, be, it'll be a show all called Adolf in the House. See, this is weird. Whenever, I, whenever I'm on a stream like this and there's two people that want to one-up each other in jokes like, like we're doing here, <laughs> we always get so far off topic. I know. But I'll just quickly say it. So basically... The first episode will be one where you're introduced to all the characters. Apparently, Ava and Adolf have a kid, and her name is, is uh, Heidi, and she's dating a ghetto black dude. And I think that's all I need to hear. Yo, what up, my fear? <laughs> Not supposed to be taken seriously at all. And in this first episode, it's Valentine's Day, and Hitler forgets to get Ava any flowers. So the only flower shops that are open on that day are Jewish ones. <laughs> He paints a big yellow star on the window and takes the flowers. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, he tries that, but it doesn't work because everyone surrounds him because they're all big fans of him. Then he goes into one shop, and he finally finds the one shop out of 12 that he doesn't seem like there's anyone there. He goes, okay, there's no one here. I am just going to take the flowers and leave the marks here. Okay, now just walk in this way. Oh, hi there! My name is Lemuel. Welcome to my flower shop. <laughs> Hitler has to do like a bad Jewish impression to, yeah. to talk his way out of this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Snell back to Ankavistan. 
Um, would you use advertisements at all, like advertising, maybe not Ancapistan itself, but maybe some of the ideas of Ancapistan to get people to slowly change their mind and just slowly go away? Like, you know, with all that money, you could probably buy anything. Oh, dude, like, I, I would be on PBS. PBS? Like, I, the public broadcast station, you can, like, have shows on there for a fee. I would, like, make a show. And put it on like PBS or PBS Kids or something like that, and just have it be twenty four seven, just all of it. You know what I mean? The joy of anarchist painting. <laughs> like, uh, like uh, there would be a Rothbard show for the kids. <laughs> and here's how we. And here, and here, here's how we. Um, here's how we. Here's how we paint the happy sunshine that comes over in Kavistan in the morning. <laughs> The life and times of F.A. Hayek. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Well, one thing I would do, um, like, like I said, you know, I would totally, if you, if someday someone can convince me that we don't need a government to keep order, because that's all I see government as. It's just like a, a ref, not really a, a player. Um, well, as what it's supposed to be. Um, and someone who convinced me beyond shadow of a doubt that we could do that, I would totally be an ANCAP, an, an ANCAP right now. But um, I would personally invest a lot of money in ways to get make it easier for people to stay wealthy, and for and all people like democratize wealth as much as possible, so people don't feel like they need to be slaves to the system. Because if you don't have money, you really are at the mercy of someone else, aren't you? Yeah, that's true. I would. That's probably what I would actually do. I've kind of been joking around, but that that's probably. Priority number one, which is to um, to to liberate people from the welfare state by the most charitable means possible. Yeah, yeah, it just it makes sense. I mean, go on. I feel like that's the best summary I can give it without like messing it up. <laughs> <laughs> like you you don't want to do it. You don't want to like stick to a certain plan until you just start doing it and you see what works and what doesn't. Yeah, you you kind of have to when it comes to, like charities and such the. The actual, um, how do I put this? The actual means of getting the money to people—it's um, kind of a trial and error thing. Plus, I think it would be also be good to teach people the truth about how things work, so that way they could be independent. You know, they'll give a man a fish, teach a man how to fish, kind of philosophy. Yeah, I get you. And um, like, like, uh, like I said first, it, the number one would would be education. Okay. I like I, I would have schools with black and yellow flags flying over them. Yeah, <laughs> little paper, little uh, macaroni, black and uh, and yellow. Um, yeah, yeah. All right, kids, here's your macaroni. Paint half of them black and make the flag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why are we doing this, teacher? Because we shall liberate the world, and because it looks pretty. <laughs> We have them salute the uh, the 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 NCAP flag every morning while chanting "Taxation is theft." <laughs> I pledge allegiance to my own human rights <laughs> of my own individuality and association. I, I one individual under God with uh, freedom and justice for me. <laughs> And you know what? You know what? I will honestly promote, like, like here's here's the way I'm gonna get more popular. 
I'm gonna. I, I get so annoyed that James Allsop is kind of a, a cock at times. You know, if you really listen to a lot of what he says, he's he's not really funny, but he's very very demeaning to people. Almost all of his jokes aren't really jokes; they're just ad hominem attacks that he makes before he even makes his arguments. So I'm gonna troll the living hell out of him. I'm literally he doesn't have a Twitter, so I'm gonna make a fake Twitter account on for him and use his own and use like audio from his own uh, from his uh, own videos to make him sound like he's in inter- like he's doing a stream with me where he's worshiping my ass and, and then make it an ad on YouTube every time on one of his videos. That should be funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, we got one comment. We got one comment. What did someone say? By Sal B. the third. Oh, I saw this guy this morning in um, in a comment section in a YouTube video. Uh, Americap, I think. America. Anyway. Okay. He commented, Minarchy is better than you. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it looks like he gave the video a thumbs up. So uh, thanks, appreciated. I get none of this money. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll share. I'll share. I'll share it in the form of Bitcoin. I think you can do that, can you? Yeah, you need like a fifth of a fifth of a fifteenth of a Bitcoin, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, it just it does. You know, the thing is, once I get it popular enough, uh, if someone could please make a full national anthem, pledge of allegiance. And most of all, actual macaroni arts that they can put and send to me um, at twi- on Twitter at Jeremardus4, which is J-E-R-E-M-A-R-D-U-S. They can send that to me. I will promote their channel on my channel once I get popular enough. Like, And I want to hear it. I want a full audible thing. Dude, I'll say it out loud on stream. What? Dude, if somebody made a full like ANCAP Pledge of Allegiance, I would say it out loud on stream. <laughs> before every stream too you need to make sure it's before every stream <laughs> yeah yeah you can record me doing it and play it at the beginning of every stream <laughs> like uh, have it on a soundboard yeah and in the background you hear America! like that stupid purse thing <laughs> <laughs> wait that should have been the plot that should have been the plot not one day of anarchy the whole thing until everyone calms down I mean, if you saw the actual purge, it probably is a pro-anarchist movie when you look at it, because like I know this the first movie was really stupid, but the second movie showed that how even though this family is constantly saying, Oh, it just works, you know, the purge just works, don't question it, it just works. And then they become victims of it. The second movie, what they show is that there are some people who are purging who look way too professional and way too organized as they're doing it, and they find out that the purge actually doesn't work. People are Maybe yeah, at most kill over like a personal quorum, or they just rob things. But most, but most people don't even purge at all, and so they're sending out government agents to look like purgers to kill off the poor. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I remember seeing that movie. Like it was to promote the purge itself, while simultaneously killing off um, uh, political opponents. And uh, uh, what was it? Purge election here. Uh, yeah, it was purge election year. Uh, but at the at the end of the second one, like there was some kind of complex plot to use the purge to completely destroy the lower class in order to like bring up the housing market. I think. And I think it was also just to, and I think it was also just to get free property from people with less money. 
Yeah. Well, no, because I remember they intentionally targeted the lower class, so like they wouldn't have any property or money. Oh, that's true. I oh. think like, I remember it had something to do with the economy and the market, and it made me want to slam my head into my table because of all the Keynesianism. Keynesianism? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I know that reference, but I don't remember. It's 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 a mental block. Uh, John Maynard Keynes, broken window fallacy, circular flow, bull market. Any of that sound familiar? Oh yeah, like we're we're saying like a lot of false flags are done to promote larger government influence, right? No. No. Economics. Oh. Okay. Keynesian economics, the belief that if you break a window, it helps the glass man and therefore the entire economy. By oh yeah, that's that. Yeah, well, I mean, I I didn't know it was Keynesian economics, but I knew, but I heard of that similar policy being talked about. It, it, no one said Keynesian though. That's the only reason why I didn't click. But I've heard other people say the word Keynesian, just out of context. Yeah, yeah John Maynard Keynes was a dude who uh, he was around. Um, I I think he was born like eighteen seventy something like that. And uh, he was alive during the Great Depression, and he thought the Great Depression was due to the incredibly free market and had absolutely nothing to do with the Federal Reserve being incompetent with, uh, with uh, what's it, uh, interest rates. Yeah. He thought that – and um, he believed that war was great for the economy because it would reduce unemployment to zero and get everyone working, and therefore we should be in a state of constant war. I think that it only helps as like a temporary supplement. I think that I think that only if the damage doesn't exceed a certain points. Like like it helps American economies, but holy fuck, Britain and Europe had to come back really, really hard. So if like we went overseas, had a war, and not and most of of civilization was left over, um, we'd be able to rebuild, and it would be like a once, and it would be able to temporarily do an artificial boost to the economy because of all the repairs that need to be made. And all the money that's being spent, but as a long-term solution, you'd just be stealing from yourself. You're just reallocating. Right. Well, Keynes, Keynes, um, people actually raised that point to him, that exact point. And you know what he said? But he, he had the best response. In the long run, we're all dead, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Don't. His whole thing was: don't plan for the future, don't save. That only takes money out of the economy. You should always act in the here and the now. And like he promoted vice industries, uh, he was a big um, anti-abolitionist. What? Yeah, he was he was against abolition because it was hurting the economy, including of slavery. Uh, alcohol, uh, um, no uh, alcohol prohibition, prohibition, not abolition. Ah, oh. I got my well, inhibition mixed around. Sorry, well, no. Well, abolition of alcohol was retarded anyway. Let's be honest. Yeah, but he was he was he was against it for the express purpose that it would help that it would hurt the glass industry. <laughs> that that was his whole point. Like not 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 that people are killing each other in the streets. Not that people are just gonna buy booze anyway because it's booze. But you know the glass people, those glass blowers. <laughs> I mean, he technically technically wasn't wrong, but it does show you his priorities. You know. And especially, yeah, the glass industry, not, not, not the actual alcohol industry, <laughs> not all, not, 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 not the, not the restaurants that relied on the fact that booze was one of the things they sold to have continuous cash flow. 
No, just glass people. <laughs> yeah, he was a very narrow-minded person. Um, the scary thing is, though, he's the main economic force in Washington today. His economic principles oh, are the principles behind subsidies and going to war in the Middle East and petrodollar recycling and all that. Hey, tell me if you, have you tell me if you've read this book or not. But I'm going to show it to you real quick. Have you uh, have you ever seen? Hold on. Uh, there we go. Have you ever read this book? Neo economy. No. Uh, I started. I just. I haven't. And I haven't gone into it yet. But I recently just bought it because. Well, I I literally bought it from a library sale. But it says. Uh, it says. Um, the subtitle is George Bush's revolutionary gamble with America's future. Oh, I need to hear this. I well, I'll read the back. I literally just got it yesterday. It was all oh, stupid freaking like there's a barcode in the part of it. It was hard to believe that at the Bush blah, 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 blah. Only in 2013 was making a tax blah, 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 blah. Fuck. Stupid. Oh, God, I can't take this thing up. The first president and his ally is, had pushed through the 10-year package full of phase-ins and phase-outs. Then they, they had sped up, up into in the phases. In the late in late 2003, they declared there was intention to cancel the phase outs. That's the original 1.35 trillion and plan dollar plan was to be. Yeah, I think you can see it. Was just to was was just a beachhead and a foothold to prepare her for the a bigger onslaught. And, in the end, the nation would be paying for much more for much more to bring about the neo economy. So I think you can tell this person is not a fan, as I was when I was a kid because I was stupid. I thought, oh, everything's happy in my life, so our president must be doing fine. And then you know, I got older. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think you and I can both believe, though. I mean. Like, um, I can't, I think it, I can't remember who's, Esso said this as well on the stream, but there are some people who are obviously politicians, but they mean what they say. They really do legitimately believe in what they say. You know that, right? Uh, I, I certainly believe that some people uh, mean what they say. Those people are being manipulated by the people who don't. <laughs> yeah. That's what I, that's what I believe. Um, like, uh. I think House of Cards is a lot more accurate to um, to our current political situation than most people give it credit for. If uh, if that makes any sense, but probably just not in the stylized version. It's probably it's probably just oh, yeah. it, it's probably, a lot less flashy and it's a lot more paperworky. But it, I, I I do think it's a lot closer to the truth than most people would think, and probably a lot more brutal and a lot more like esoteric and creepy. Not talking about entity. I'm talking about like actual like alchemy. Like yeah. Pizzagate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't believe in Pizzagate, but like spirit cooking and that crap, yeah. Like, I don't know, like, yeah, obviously the, some of the pictures were kind of crude and disgusting. Well, they all were. But let's be honest, though, most of that probably wasn't, like, well, it was probably just art done to, to like, you know, express uh, disgusting desires. Probably not things that have actually happened. Like, you know, at least not on that scale. Yeah. I don't think any. I don't think um, any of them have have like are 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 pedophiles any significant degree. Like Kevin Spacey turned out to be. So that was something Pizzagate guessed right. But still, 
Um, I like because somebody broke into that pizza shop and found out that there was nothing. Like he he searched around for a uh, a room uh, containing all the kids and he couldn't find anything. And he was arrested for being a shooter in the uh, in the building. Oh Jesus! Oh, that's that's awful. Well, I would he say didn't, he I, didn't shoot anyone. He didn't hit anyone. He just shot up the walls. Oh, so just just so that way he could terrify people and get in. Yeah. He he scared people to get down. He scared people out, and uh, he shot up the walls in, in an attempt to try and find like a secret door or something. Okay, that that makes sense. Um, well, it's awful. <laughs> the thing is, I think that um, I think that PizzaGate might be right in that a lot of these people might be pro pedophilia and pro helping people who are pedophiles get away with it. But I don't think everyone involved is one. I think they all just don't believe. I think they just look at other human beings as tools and things to be used and so anyone who helps them like pedophiles they don't want them going to jail so you know and i'm pretty sure they're i think a lot of it is larping what do you think uh, uh, like the spirit cooking part well like i believe the spirit cooking thing because like that was like in the podesta emails and stuff but my thing is like for me, it's kind of case to case. Like, do I think Hillary Clinton fiddles little kids based on the fact that she asked for a cheese pizza? No. <laughs> Aw, I live in the dairy state. Why'd you have to say that? Well, that's the theory. That's the theory. I know. I know. But, um, but uh, do I think that Bill Clinton uh, regularly went to Orgy Island? Yes. <laughs> well, more than likely, it's probably a bunch of people coming together and saying, you know, Hey, well, let's be as degenerative as possible because fuck um, societal norms. Let's just do whatever we want because they believe they're above everything, including stigmas. So yeah, probably- I, I'm, I'm just of the opinion that they were just a bunch of freaky perverts. I don't think they actually did anything illegal. And um, a few people who did do things illegal, like uh, Anthony Weiner and, um, and Kevin Spacey, I don't think that had much to do with it. Yeah. Great great names have you caught in a sex scandal, by the way. Oh, yeah. And also, did you know, before the sex scandal went public, did you know he tried to, uh, he tried to, um, uh, what was it? It was something that he, he somehow wanted to try and get back into the, uh, in, in, he wanted something to do with the NSA. I remember that, but I don't remember the details. Ooh. He tried to, like, erase information about him or something. Oh, God. Well, hey, I'm not going to, oh, I, I did not hear about that. That's really creepy. He tried. They didn't let him in, if yeah. I remember right. This was several years ago, so I might be remembering wrong. Anthony, go home. You're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they, they got videos. Come on, man. <laughs> Anthony, this is, it's enough. Go home. I, I get it. Look, you're just going to have to face the music and put down the liquor. No! I don't want to! <laughs> They were twelve, man. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know anything. I I can't remember anything about that situation. Here's the thing. I'm gonna definitely get a lot of heat for this. I personally don't have a problem if one of my friends said if they looked at someone who is at least sixteen or older and said on a purely physical level, I find them. I look at them and I think that they're physically attractive. I think that's fine because by that age, most girls are physically developed. What I would find disturbing is if they said, I'm gonna "Go ask her out." I'd be like, "Whoa, no, bro." Don't. No. See, like, for me, like, 17 and a half, right? Yeah. Like, like that's one thing. 12, that's oh, another thing. Oh, 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 God. Just the thought of, 
Like, I look at I look at a twelve year old girl. I'm like, how? Like what? Like like I would look at the ninety year old woman and be like, what the hell? Like ninety years old, twelve years old. Oh god! Like not. How do you even? How does it even click? Well, here's my thing, right? Here's something. Here's a key bit of information that I learned, right, for me personally. Yeah. You take your age, you divide it by two, and you add nine. What? That's the that's the minimum age your 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 partner can be without it being creepy. Yeah. Oh, I get it. I get it. Okay, I, I can I can see that. But like, here's the thing with me, you know, I like I said, I have no problem if someone said like like if there was a very physically fifteen year old and she looked at me like that, I said, okay, on a purely physical level, I can find that attractive. But I'm not a guy without options. I have plenty of options, so I'm just gonna say no to that and go out with a twenty year old. I'd rather do that. I'd rather, you know, especially since I especially since, you know, it's all physical at that point, you know, the sixteen year old. But mentally, I know sixteen year olds are very, very childish, especially nowadays. When when a lot of people don't have real world experience, I would just say, no, I'd rather have a girl who's been out of high school for two years minimum, so she has real world experience. I don't I I don't feel like it's I feel it's very uh, unsettling the idea of someone going after someone else who they know probably doesn't have the mental capacity to understand what's going on. Oh yeah, definitely. Like 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 fifteen year olds. Uh, uh, I th that's creepy. Like if you're sixteen yeah. and she's sixteen, that's one thing. If you're 19 and she's 15, that's another thing. Well, you get what I mean when I say like purely physically, because you know by that time most girls are done physically growing. You're you're basically seeing her how she's going to be four years from now on a physical standpoint, but everything else disqualifies her. You know? Yeah, I get you. I I totally get you. Yeah. Um, I, I hate people who say, "Well, hey, bro, if you find it attractive now, come on, why not?" I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Your only disqualifier? Uh, does she look? Can she walk? <laughs> if her name is on the clock, uh, if her age is on the clock. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! That's a that's gonna be a meme now. I know someone's gonna take that out of context. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! Things are gonna go terribly for me from now on. Oh, this no, is the end of my life, folks. <laughs> Well, you have more subscribers, so you. Well, how many subscribers do you have? Oh God, I couldn't tell you. Um, here, um, typing in my own channel real quick. Okay. <laughs> One thousand two hundred fifty-five. Oh fuck! I I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like I would normally say, "Hey, congrats," but oh boy, I can't say that anymore. Again, I. <laughs> Oh god! I don't think anyone should say anything to me for about another uh, for about another year. Um, <laughs> no, no, but but uh, everyone, everyone, everyone. Yeah, I was kidding. Uh, it was all a joke. <laughs> I mean, I was. I mean, I was serious when I said when I said all the things about sixteen year olds. And I was especially serious about the part where I said there's a lot better choices, you know, than someone who's that young, you know. You know, like, I, like, 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 legit though, legit though, under eighteen, don't do it. Yeah, don't. Stop. Yeah, don't, don't. It's just, ugh, no. Hell, I have a rule. I don't date anyone under the age of twenty, even though I don't feel guilty if I were to have an eighteen or nineteen year old girlfriend. Even then, I would probably just not do it in the first place because not because I'm afraid of the law, like I don't give a shit, um, but because 
I want them to be out of high school for at least two years, you know, because I learned so many things about how reality really works when I didn't have uh, when I didn't have Stalin's little pets telling me that diversity is our strength. You know, I had to work for a real job, in a real company. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. I could totally see wanting somebody more experienced. Yeah. And by the way, I practice abstinence. So in that way, I don't need someone who's more experienced. I, uh, Oof. what? I'm just laughing. Oh, oh, because I have practiced abstinence. I practice abstinence, so I don't need somebody more experienced. That was the sentence I heard, and it's oh, well, well, okay. Well, uh, it depends on what you mean by experience. If you're talking like maybe they were intimates twice with two guys, um, and then we get married. Hey again. now, hey now, hey now. I, I tried to keep my channel PG thirteen. Yeah, well, let's be honest. If if a girl if a girl says, "Yeah, I'm I've got plenty of experience, tons of guys," I'd be like, "So it was nice talking to you." <laughs> hey man, at this point, I'll take anything I can get. <laughs> okay, well, you know what? All right, I'll be like, "Oh hi, I've got a great guy I want you to meet. His name is the Voluntary Humor. <laughs> You'll like him, I I promise." Oh hey. Here's some headline breaking news for you. What's that? You ready for America to start starving? Oh God, what what happened? What happened? Trump to announce multi-billion stimulus for farmers. What? No, no, no. Trump, you ran you hated you said you didn't like Obama. What the fuck, bro? Oh, that's just taking money that people already have and putting it somewhere else. It's not making new jobs. Venezuela intensifies. Oh, this is the thing. This is the thing. This is why I why I wanted to call up James. Also, he constantly makes videos about groups like the Roots and now this on Facebook, and makes videos about debunking some of their videos where they say like gun control, gun control. But then Trump literally, do you know about when he got on TV and said that he would be willing to take away guns from the mentally ill? Like, like take away the guns first, then go through the process? Do you remember that? I remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And guess what happened on Allsup's channel? By the way, the reason I keep mentioning him is because normally if he was a, a tiny little channel, I wouldn't care. But he has, like, I think, he, like, he, Lauren Southern, Brittany Pettibone, and um, some other, some guy have the highest amount of subscribers in the conservative sphere. Um. And, he, 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 crickets, nothing. He wouldn't even mention it. Huh. I know, right? Yeah, like, like you can yeah. tell how quickly they try to stamp out the news about the omnibus, about uh, just, just about everything that doesn't make Trump look like the best conservative ever, you know? Well, it really got to me when I, when I, when I saw how often he kept saying, hey, read the art of the deal, read all this stuff. I'm like, oh, you're a shill. <laughs> oh. oh, you're the you're you're the you're the non-Jewish Ben Shapiro. Oh, oh, come on, you know you know. I didn't Shapiro. hear that. What? I'm gonna pretend I didn't hear that. What are you are you a Shapiro fan? I mean, if you are, it's fine. You know, I'm just I mean, I'm just wondering. It's a guilty pleasure. It's a guilty pleasure. I think some of the things he says are right, but, you know, I think you don't have to take anyone as being, you know, 100%, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I'm just joking around, man. I don't take anything we're going to say here seriously. <laughs> That's fine. 
So like, I, like legit though, I, I do like some of Ben Shapiro's content. Like, um, like I, I like watching his speeches. Those are usually pretty good. Yeah, when he talks about social issues, like you know, like when people were telling people, everyone saying like, "Oh, hey, oh, abortion, it's a human rights." Uh, and I mean, like you can, I mean, you can think whatever you want, but I mean, he, the way he, he, like, I'm so sick of the fact that abortionists are always looked at as these guys off of like a pickup truck and a farm saying, "Now, when I was a kid." There ain't well, nothing called abortions. You know, she, she does a good job of really reminding people what an abortion actually is. Yeah. It, it, people kind of play it like it's some, like you're curing a disease or something like that, but you're extinguishing another human life. Yeah. And someone will say, well, hey, I mean, come on. I mean, uh, what, 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 what? Like he's, it's on life support, dude. It, it has to survive on me. Like, okay. Here's my solution. Let's say that your friend got into a coma. He's she, he's your best friend in the entire world, and he's he's in a coma, but he's guaranteed. Well, he's got a ninety percent chance of of coming out back alive, coming back better than ever, and even getting superpowers where he can shoot lasers through his eyes. Um, because he's in my hospital, and I decided, uh, I don't know, I don't like him that much. You know, I'm gonna shoot him in the head. Why not? It's my hospital, right? That's about it. Yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> or or when someone said, like, um, um, why do you care about just a cluster of cells? And he goes, like, you're a cluster of cells. <laughs> yeah, like if you're going to say that a fetus pre-birth is a cluster of cells, then there's no distinction between a cluster of cells and a human being. You just conceded that all human beings are nothing more than clusters of cells. And you just justified random and blatant murder. Congratulations. Hell, they even say, like, oh, like, you know, we have scientists like Neil deGrasse Tyson or um, Bill Nye, who's actually an engineer, not a scientist. And they yes. are talking about Dude, dude had a bachelor's in engineering. <laughs> I'm fine with calling engineers them because, you know, I, I do it. I'm, I'm going for engineering. I'm fine with that, but I don't call them scientists. You know, like, I think I know crackheads who have more of a who have more of a right to the word scientist than Bill Nye. Oh, oh yeah, because he's not even a good engineer. He's not even a good engineer. Yeah, he's, he's a bachelor's engineer. engineer. What's up? What's up? He has a bachelor's in engineering. It's not like he. It's not like he's got a PhD. It's not like he's got any kind of advanced degree. He's got a bachelor's. Well, it is a well. Engineering is definitely an advanced field. So I wouldn't say it's not like he doesn't have an advanced degree. But what I would say, though, is he's never been operative. I've never seen – he worked for Boeing for a short period of time before he moved to television. He hasn't practiced actual engineering in years. And not only that, like, you see, if I wanted to talk up to like, someone about, like, you know, creating something, I talk to an engineer. But if I want to know about how something is formed that's theoretical, I talk to a scientist. They're, you know, they're different applications, right? Yeah, I, I get what you I get you. I get what you mean. Yeah, and uh, you know, and and the funniest thing is the funniest thing is is they'll say things like the the right is anti science, and yet Neil deGrasse Tyson will come on TV and say, by the way, we found life on Mars. It's single celled organisms. So a single celled organism on Mars that will probably die in about a week. Is somehow more of life than an actual little kid growing in a uterus. Oh, yeah, yeah. A single-celled organism, a single-celled organism that has the lifespan 
of the time it took for that message to transmit from the camera to your TV is more life than a human fetus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, you know, you know, I get it. The church for the longest time, I'm a Catholic, and the church definitely for the longest time was anti-science. But at the same time, a lot of people will change the narrative for their own. It's not a, it's not a religious thing. It's a people thing. If someone lies about science, like Bill Nye or or, or Neil or the uh, the Shill Tyson, <laughs> um. If they lie about science, they're going to do it because they got something in it. Not because they're Christian or atheist or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm a Protestant. Oh, oh, cool. Dirty heathen. <laughs> get all, uh, we, we get all Helsing abridged up in here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just come out and you'll, and you'll all be a, like, you know, um, Transform onto stage one or something like that. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I like how they actually use real esoteric elements in there. Like, you know, when Alucard uh, does that thing with his hands. And, like, you know, because that means as above, so below. You know, that's what it's a yeah. reference to. Yeah, yeah, which is like a, a pose that um, that's uh, in a lot of Catholic depictions of uh, Satan. Yeah. And also the Baphomet, which is the... Um, hermaphrodite god of um, occult groups and stuff and you know i actually thought about learning practice just learning just to find out what these dudes practice not because i want to uh do this like you know for any kind of good just to understand them i actually thought about taking a practical like at like uh operative alchemy well that's nice yeah just just out of curiosity as a hobby not because i'm gonna like you know worship Worship uh, Beelzebub. Just, just because I'm like, oh, how does this work? Hmm. Yeah. Look, as long as you don't end up as a Catholic suicide bomber, we should all be okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Timothy McVeigh was not a Catholic suicide bomber. He was an atheist. How do I know? Because no Catholic suicide bomber is that handsome. <laughs> I was making a Helsinger Bridge reference. You were oh, on a whole new level. Oh, oh! Remember when they shout "God is great"? <laughs> Sounds better in Arabic. <laughs> uh, and, he, and he goes like, "Hey, you guys! You know your arms are running right now." Oh, <laughs> uh, you know the kid. You know the kid from. Uh, you know the kid who also ran out of like McDonald's or Burger King or something like that. I don't know. The, the only thing about that I know is like some kid made um I saw this video. I, I, I jokingly said that it's going to be the primary means of um, of uh, locomotion in a in a free society. It was a kid who, who made a uh, parachute. Right. Mm -hmm. And there was a he, he strapped like a giant wind turbine or something to his back and he attached a chair to it so he could sit on a chair w with like some kind of parachute contraption flying through the air and he flew like nine miles to a mcdonald's grabbed a burger in what was legally a vehicle through the driveway and flew away what did this actually happen like it's not like he flew through the drive-thru he landed walked through the drive-thru with the technical vehicle on his back and flew away this actually happened 
Yeah. He had to get a running start, though, and it's some kind of weird parachute contraption, but yes. Oh, my God. I think, I, I, I think I'm in love. Not with him, but with the contraption. Right? What? Right? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, hey, by the way, I wanted to ask you about this. I'm, I want to start up my own company, and so I'm probably going to go on Kickstarter to get enough money because fuck the banks and the governments. Um, yeah. And so what it would be is I would have an injection device that would go deep enough into the skin to release a neurotoxin. The idea would be a self-defense weapon, and the neurotoxin would be specifically designed to only be effective for five minutes straight, and it would only shut down major motor functions, except for like you know a lot of things that you need to survive and to maybe crawl slowly. The idea would be so that way people who are drunk, because they're already, you can't taste, it's hard to taste a drunk person. They tend not to respond much. Um, <laughs> but um, this would at least make them so sloppy they couldn't even like grab you or use any strength that would be and that would have to be a fast acting neurotoxin i know it, it's worth it and there's another one which would be like a taser but it would be a belt like if you really need to take someone down really 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 badly you know the like you wouldn't just shoot at someone you could actually wrap it around their body and pull them to the ground so what are you offering me a sponsorship I could if you be willing. If once I have the Kickstarter up and I have the design down, if you'd be willing to promote it. Oh, dude, yeah, I'll mention it at the beginning of every video or something. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Uh, I know you're somewhat joking right now, but I will actually do that if you if you were, would be willing to do that. Nah, dude, I'm serious. I'll do it. Oh shit, nigga! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> best the best way to confirm a, a legal agreement. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say it. I can't even say it. I got, I got, I got roommates, man. Oh, geez. are they, are they of minority status? No. Oh, they just really wouldn't like that. Oh, okay. But I'll just say this because, uh, uh, so, um, uh, <clears throat> has the jury reached a verdict? Oh yeah, we don't reach a agreement. <laughs> 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 But yeah, dude, I'll totally mention like whatever you want at the beginning of a video. You just gotta pay me. Oh shit! Yeah, I absolutely will. I absolutely will. Just as long as you announce the Kickstarter, what it looks like, and you know, you 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 uh you uh you uh what's what's the person I want to pick on the most right now? Oh, under one condition. Under one condition. What's what? I get to write the scripts. Absolutely. It sounds a lot better than two. It sounds a lot better than in two, actually. Yeah. It, if it comes from you and you really say what you really mean, like 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 how Joe Rogan does that. You know, he he doesn't have a specific um, way of saying things. All they say is just mention this part, this part. Do it however you like to do it. You know. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, I will absolutely, I will absolutely, absolutely pay you for that. We'll talk about it. We'll we'll talk about payment at some other point. Uh, back to the stream. Uh, what's going on? What what what's up? Is something happening on your end? No, no. I, I'm I'm trying to remember what we were talking about before we got onto this. Honestly, I don't think we're ever going to get back to it. I guess we were talking about how you would implement it in Kapistan, and then we started joking. <laughs> yeah, and then farming subsidies. I remember. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, so why don't you just please? 
educate some of the viewers right now about why this may be a bad idea. You know, just perhaps, you know, just a theory as to why this thing that has been done plenty of times in the past and has never worked, why it probably won't work this time too. Well, you see, kiddo. Oh, there goes my headphones. Well, you see, kiddos, there's this little chart called supply and demand. <laughs> I can't do that voice anymore. It's already hurting. What? I can't do that voice anymore. It's already hurting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the first class you would teach in ANCAP school after they say, I pledge allegiance to myself. Yeah, there's um, there's the colors, the numbers, and the supply and demand graph. <laughs> oh, oh God! Well, you know, I I think one of the things that people forget is that, you know, this didn't create any new demand. What they could, what could have happened is you see, there's always these things called bumper crops, and they're always subsidized by the government. The thing is, farmers should just deal with bumper crops which are just at, like, uh, it's just another word for sub surplus. If farmers really wanted to make more money and they were able to produce more or, or without costing any, any more, and they were like, well, you can't charge as high of prices. I'd say, then just charge less. You'll get more customers, you know? Yeah. Farming, right? Because it's the source of all our food, we give it such leeway, right? Oh, oh. Uh, the, the, you can never... You can never do this with flashlights. <laughs> you, you still there? You there? I'm still here. You, Trust you, me, I'm still here. You're just a little brought back by that comment, huh? L a little shocking. I, I gotta admit, you caught me by surprise. <laughs> I like shock humor, just letting you know. I'm not surprised. <laughs> So I, I have a question. I have a question. What's up? Your um your profile pic here on Google. Yeah. Is that what I think it is? It's an angel. What? I feel like you need to elaborate more on that. Oh, what do you mean? Oh, you mean the one that we're seeing in the Hangouts? Yes. It's just, it's literally just a general angel. I um. My character that I play on my, even though pretty much everyone knows my first name is just Jeremy, um, because unfortunately I didn't figure out how to set up a live stream so that way it would only show the name, the words Arcee in it. Uh, Andy Worski called that out, called me, called like you know said my name by accident. So did Wife for the purpose. Um, my my persona is an angel, so that's why. And yes, I know it has horns on top. Uh, I I just I just haven't had the time to change it yet. Yeah. See, what I thought it was, was I thought it was a very elaborate Dark Souls reference for a minute, I'm going to admit. Oh, do you think that's where this comes from, like this image in particular? The helmet, the helmet, it, that's what hit me off. It looks like a helmet in Dark Souls 3? Oh, yeah. I've never played Dark Souls. Um, I, um, oh. I, go, I go by do more. Yourself, do yourself a favor. Do yourself a favor. Don't. Don't? <laughs> Is it bad? There's, there's so many there's so many better ways to spend your time than being addicted to getting killed by the same monster 90 times in a row before rage quitting, restarting, and going back to the same save point just to figure out you were missing a single pathway off to the left that would have completely subverted all of your issues and would have made things so much easier. <laughs> well, I actually sold all my video games for like um, $600 recently. 
boy. What? What's up? Dude, you, you don't sell all of them. I did. I even sold my Vita. I sold my Vita. I sold my PlayStation 2, 3, and 4. Dude, you don't sell PlayStation 2s. Those are antiques. I, I, I liked my PlayStation 2 so much that I realized, as Harlow Dern would say, you're not on your wallets. You're not on your fucking khakis. I'll, half, of that, half of that expression got cut out, but I'm going to assume it was something poetic. Well, it, I don't know the full speech. Oh, yeah, he goes like, you're not the car you drive. You're not how much you have in your bank accounts. You're not the contents of your, of your wallet. You're not your fucking khakis. That's what, <laughs> that's what he was telling to a bunch of men. He was telling them, you know, material is a tool, not something to be worshipped. Yeah, but the PS2 is a great console. I know. I know. Believe it or not, I sold that on a separate day because it was so hard to get rid of. Like, no, no. I remember playing SOCOM Combined Assault all the time with my stepbrother, all the time. Oh, yeah. So I remember, remember that? I remember for my family, for my family on my family PS2, uh, we we got a bunch of games. I, I, I'm too young to remember, like, half of them, but, like... How old are you? Uh, uh, question mark, question mark, question mark. Uh, moving on. Okay, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to remember. We had like a bunch of like movie licensed games because those always sold for super cheap. Oh, and really? Yeah, that was a great time in my life. Oh, those, those really crappy games that were like something along the lines. Yeah, of movie tie-ins. Yeah, and oh. it set my it set my expectations for games so freaking low. Yeah. That, like, I was blown away by Call of Duty 97 um, Generic Edition. No, you mean you, you mean the one? You, are you talking about the one where it was, like, a few pixels? No, I, I just mean, like, the first time I played a Call of Duty game after all those licensed games, I thought it was, like, the pinnacle of what the system could do, you know? Oh, God. Oh. But do you remember the first Modern Warfare? Oh, dude, that was the first Call of Duty I ever played. That was awesome. Dude, that opening, though. was pretty bland. Like, getting pulled out of a car, tied to a pole, and being shot oh, in the face by a dozen eagle. Before you start the game. No, not, no. Oh, that was great, though. I love that at the beginning. I meant, like, the, the good opening. Oh. Yeah. Like when, like it literally, it, I, I thought to myself, like when I played that again after so many years of having not played it, uh, which I was like, why did I not play? Oh, that's why I played it too often, so I got bored of it. Um, and when I put it in again, I'm like, this is ISIS. This is this is <laughs> this is ISIS. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing you. I, I, I'm picturing you just sitting in a room with a little tiny controller, just looking at a screen and saying, "This is ISIS." <laughs> that is what happened. I was literally sitting there with my PS3 because I played out on the good console, um, and I, what up? Scrub, scrub, and scrub. I, <laughs> and I just sat there and I just said, "I'm watching ISIS footage right now." 
<laughs> so it was so good. It was so well acted and so well written. It was it was genuinely believable. And it practically is reality nowadays when you actually look at how things are. That's the scary part. Or like the or like the or like the uh or like the or like the aerial uh, attack um scene where you're all where you're like in the AC um gunship. Oh yeah, when you're piloting like an AC one thirty or something and like you get you get punished for mowing down civilians, but you could just gun down a church once you get permission. Oh yeah, exactly. And oh and the facts and the fact that, you know, that they did it right the first time because the second time it was basically Michael Bay's version and the third time. But the first time, like, you know, I forgot his name, Raven Sick or something like that. Ray Civic or something like that. I don't know. He, he he even talked about it, how eerie it was because of how not only blunt and a gra- and a graphic it all was, but also how much ambient noise there was and how quiet it was to really show you that like when, when it comes to real drone pilots, how much of a disconnect, like an unsettling, uneasy disconnect there really is. And you're just like, I literally feel like I'm there. Yeah, like I remember I remember seeing a documentary where a marine pilot said, you know, when I hit the button, I don't see a person, I see nine pixels on a screen. Ooh. That's gonna fuck you up because then you you eventually find out that's that's a person. And you see it. Yeah, your mind like makes the connection eventually. And like 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 the thing is emotionally you're so disconnected for so long that these people when they finally do see what it really looks like, they're like Oh my god! I did that so long. I didn't even know what I was doing. Like yeah, like looking, <laughs> looking at an AC one thirty from one side and the other is very different. From from being a, like a grunt on the ground who just who literally watched someone's face fly off from one of their bullets. Yeah, I always I always never understood that. We have all of the air superiority. They have no aircraft, and yet somehow they're still a problem. Probably because you know ground troops, you know it's they're the only ways to get to kill um, some bad guys without causing too much collateral damage. When has the American government ever called uh, ever cared about collateral damage? Oh, you mean like you mean like you mean you mean in like um, Modern Warfare Two when he goes like when does when has Shepard ever cared about collateral damage? No, I was just talking frankly, like. No, I, I mean, ever has the American government ever cared about collateral damage from the Whiskey Rebellion to now? Name me one time. That's pretty true. Although, let's be honest, though, when it comes to Shepard, um, the character Shepard in the second game, have you played all three games, all, all three Modern Warfare titles? I've played the first two. Okay. So basically, well, so then you know the story of Shepard. So I think he was a direct commentary about warmongering American general. You think so? See, I think you. I think his Cole character represented kind of the idealized, prissy, clean version of war that we uh, that we as Americans get fed all the time. You and know, he's um, a satire of it. Yeah, like he is. Uh, what's um, Saving Private Ryan? What's the main character's name? Uh, Corporal something. Or I don't remember. He's played by the guy who played Forrest Gump. Oh, okay. I get some of the symbolism there. Like, like, like um, he's that. He's literally that guy. But it's it's a little bit more literate, and more, more and more free thinking. Right. Well, Shepard, I, I I think it's interesting because he starts out as this guy. 
he's the generic Arnold Schwarzenegger action hero spouting one-liners with a thick accent, mate, that uh, sometimes all don't understand, but you Yanks can get it. Uh, are you, are you talking? Wait, wait, wait. Are you talking about? I'm, I'm are, rambling. Are you, is what I'm are, doing. Are, are you talking about Captain McTavish? I am thinking about Captain McTavish. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, you were thinking. You were thinking of soap. Yeah, I was thinking of Captain McTavish. Yeah, but um, yeah. but Shepard. I meant Shepard, like the American, that dude. You know the mustache. The one that died in the nuke. No, well, not the one who died in the nuke, but the one, the one with the mustache. You know, the one, the one. Oh, 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 Colonel Shepard. Oh, Colonel Shepard. Yeah, Colonel Shepard. You know, the one you fight at the end. Oh yeah, now I get you. Yeah, yeah. The one who shoots you in the face with a revolver. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. You literally commit terrorist crimes for him, and then he shoots you in the face. Yeah. Well, you don't know that you're. Well, well, actually, I think no, no, that that you're. That's uh, that um, what's his name? The Russian. You're thinking of that's the that's the Russian that shoots you when you when you do that. Although, well, no, no, I mean like he has you infiltrate the Russian mafia and commit like terrorist acts. Then he turns oh. around a few missions later and shoots you with his revolver. Oh no, wait, no, no, I think he has. I think he no. I think that in that terrorist operation, you got shot by. The by the mafia terrorists, but on orders of Shepard, I think. Yeah, whatever. He's still responsible. Yeah, he's responsible. In other words, he's the one who pulls the trigger from a distance. Yeah. Regardless, right? I complete. I, I was thinking of Captain McTavish and how he's uh, he's the generic image of the action hero that slowly gets corrupted by the realities of war. Yeah. Um, I, I was not thinking about Shepard at all. Oh yeah. Oh, you know, we really probably should get back to politics, but I think this would be a good zigzag into borders. What do you think of them? That was not a very good zigzag. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to mention Sicario. Oh, um, borders. Well, uh, that's one of those things that I kind of flip flop on sometimes. Um, that's all right. If you don't have a strong opinion, I don't want to see like I don't have a strong opinion. Like I, I want to believe that borders are 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 morally wrong because they violate people's autonomy and their ability to um to freely associate. You know, yeah. I want to freely associate with a Mexican man and have him work uh work my yard or uh, do an office job for me. That's that's my right as an individual. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there's ISIS, and there's other cultures that just do not work with each other. Right. So I, I, I kind of flip-flop on the issue. All right. You know, I won't get too much into that, but I will say everyone saw Sicario, like the first one, and I thought it was a really good movie. And there was one person named Shane Burton who was a, more of a movie examiner, not a political theorist. Um, like I said, I've read pieces of, of Mises, but I have never read the book. I've never read an entire theory book through because I'm a little lazy. Um, but, um, uh, but one thing that was interesting came, what? What's up? Oh no, that was just a, that was just a bottle cap. Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh. Okay. Anyway, so he he had a video talking about how um Sicario um um actually uh has it where Kate. Have you seen the movie Sicario? Nope. Well, I'll say this. Um, Kate, you you watch Kate. Um, she's the person you watch throughout the throughout the movie. She's the one you follow around. 
she's a part of oh, it. Oh wait, wait, is that the one with the border control chick? Yes. They go and, like they go several across. excursions into Mexico and it screws with her. Yep. I remember like a bit of that movie. I rented it once. Oh yeah. So what what I what 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 Shane said is he she she didn't re, he didn't realize why he didn't identify with the protagonist Kate and he said it's be it's because he found it's like wait a minute I know why it's because Kate's actually a villain and I started kind of and he started talking about how Kate when you look at how everything is done in Sicario if you actually look at it everything that Matt and Alejandro's team the, the their unconventional um, task force that goes into Mexico everything they do even though they're looked at as the lawless. Uh, men in the in this place the, the, everything they do goes off without a hitch when you look at and uh and uh kate constantly says what the hell do you think you're doing here what the hell do you think you're doing here blah 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 she complains throughout the movie and eventually gets her he says that kate's actually the villain because when you look at it um like uh kate's always saying i do things by the book but the book that was written by her superior officers in the fbi uh um, allows Matt and Alejandro's team to do everything that they do in Mexico. And when you look at the practicality of everything they do, there's a great shootout scene, which Kate just keeps saying, what the fuck are we doing? But everything that happens, if you take Kate's commentary out, she, uh, um, Alejandro goes up with his guns as he sees these Sicarios that are about to get out and kill um, Matt's team. They get He gets out of the car, and so do, so do all of his men. They surround the car, and, they, and there's one guy who got out of the car, who has a pistol, pointed down, and he's really pissed, and he's gonna, he wants to pull it, and Alejandro keeps saying, calm down, calm down, don't make me kill you, let's work this out. The guy pulls out, the guy pull, aims the pistol at Alejandro, and Alejandro, of course, kills him, everyone in the car dies. Second car, or there, everyone knows that there's guns in there, and one guy shakes his head at the, at the person in the car, says, don't do it, <laughs> get out, they should get shot up. Kate just keeps complaining, you start to realize Kate is complaining about everything, but nothing is going wrong. So then he says, the reason why Kate is a villain is because she only wants to fight the Sonoran cartel in the way she personally feels is okay. And she wants to expose Matt's team. Despite the fact that every time something went wrong with the team, it was always her fault. She was the only one who screwed up anything in the entire her movie. Sure, they sometimes play a little dirty, but they're effective. And it doesn't matter whether it's reality um, or how consequences really work in real life or the fact that Mexico is not the United States, the fact that Mexico is practically a war zone. And Kate and people like Kate are the only reason why they, things can't get done across the border. And that, squarely and that has been getting more people in two countries killed than anything else. Now, hmm. the reason why I wanted to mention that is because I went into it and I started saying, not only is she the villain... She's a metaphor for the average um, left-wing, open borders um, uh, American who don't who don't realize what Mexico is. It's a war zone. There are entire towns run by the cartel, and I'm not saying like you know, oh, the police are there, but they're kind of puppets. No, I mean like they literally kill, kicked out all governments, all other businesses, and put a dictatorship government of their own in the form of a cartel. Um, a drug cartel in those towns. You cannot play by the same rules when it comes to policing, you know, a, a war zone versus, you know, like America. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think I, I think I follow. <laughs> I mean, but, but what do you think of the idea that, you know, a lot of Americans 
have an idealized version of Mexico? I think that's a broad generalization. Yeah. I mean, like, there are some people who think Mexico is a pile of sand that people chose to live in for some reason. There are some people who think, you know, Mexico is a a slum world that is just infested with drugs. Some people think Mexico is just the land of tacos and uh, and sombreros and (laughs) gunfights. I'd go there. (laughs) Who Who doesn't love tacos? Oh, sombreros and gunfights? Oh, you're telling me I can just, you know, go to the not never-ending purge anarchy and just do whatever I want? At, like, snack on some good food, um, wear, wear, wear a silly hat, and shoot some bros? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Hop back to Mexico. Hop back to the U.S. when I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I mean, when you hear stories on the news, like, you always hear these people saying, Oh my God! They're deporting these innocent Mexicans that came into the country illegally after their dad was uh, caught drinking and driving. Like, did th- th- they not realize there are bad people in their in these countries? You know, they they just have like this idealized, sympathetic version of what what people from Mexico are. Yeah, like I think it's weird, like. I, I I get the feeling that pro-border people get the feeling that, oh, Mexicans are just all uh, slumlords who want to live off of welfare and sell drugs. And and, I, and, anti, and anti-border people on the left, um, from what I can tell, generally believe that the Mexicans are, are victimized people, some something, 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 white people, we owe them stuff. Yeah. I don't really agree with that aside. Um, uh, for me, the whole border thing is just a matter of freedom of, of, freedom of association. Versus ISIS, yeah, <laughs> and usually, that. usually, freedom of association wins out for me. Yeah, although you gotta admit, a lot of us also that um, in some ways these Mexican people are kind of also breaking the idea of a free association because there's a lot of people out there who don't want them in their neighborhoods, and they'll just go in there anyway. Like to them, it's not about free association. Well, what do you, what do you mean by that? Like like trespassing, or are we talking like buying a home in a neighborhood? Well, I'm talking like buying a home in a neighborhood that not only doesn't want them, but then also trespassing onto other people's property, and then going back to that house because well, trespassing well, trespassing is a crime. But if you buy if you buy a plot of land, what other people think doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with your transaction. Well, but I'm, you, you have a right to your property, and therefore you have a right to your you have you have a right to your land to say that uh, Mexican people shouldn't be here because some people in some neighborhoods don't want them as neighbors is not a valid argument by any means. Well, do, do you mind if I finish? I mean, like, illegitimate purchases. Like, you know, as in, because there's a lot of identity fraud that's used by by people who come here illegally to get the to get the funds, which not only violates the non-aggression principle by aggressing onto someone else's um, property. In other words, their money, their identity, um, but a lot of times, like, when they come over here, they don't do it by legal means. Now, let's say we got rid of the borders and that wasn't an issue. Fine. But there's also the idea of an entire neighborhood saying the people who came over here, when they came over here, uh, are causing a lot of violent crime. They're, they're caught, like, you know, they are doing the ISIS thing. But when we ask them to leave, they say no. Hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, I get what you're saying. Um, oof, that hit me fast. I wasn't expecting it, honestly. Okay. Gotta give me time? gotta give me a minute to prepare. Okay. But um, honestly, for me, borders aren't that big of an issue. 
Oh, that's all right. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Because for me, because for me, right, it, it's status arguing with status. That, that that's how I view it. So it's not that big of an issue for me. But do you agree though that nobody has the rights to come to America and and receive benefits? That they, they have the rights that they have the right to apply, but they don't have the rights to a country. They don't have the rights to, to the land belonging to someone else without the person's free will to give it to them. Well, here here's what I believe, right? I believe that if I want somebody on my property as a worker or just to have a cookout or whatever, I have a right to bring them there. I I, I don't think the government has a right to say, no, you can't hire that guy or uh, no, you can't meet with the, that person. They're from the wrong country or uh, no, you can't go to that school that you already paid for the tuition for. You're from a different country. I, I don't believe in that. I, I believe that borders when you get down to it are an arbitrary line drawn by politicians and bureaucrats well that makes sense i mean i can see that i i i, def, I, I definitely can, can understand that uh but would you agree if two tribal groups constantly fight whenever they interact with each other um that someone should be able to say can we build a border and just tell you, you because you guys can't behave that you guys Stay away from each other. See, but like I, I view individuals and and governments as two different things because the government maintains a right to force. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. If one person says I don't want you on my property, that's fine. If the government says I don't want you on any of these people's property, even though I didn't ask them, I'm less fine with that. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I get it, but here's one thing I've always said about why I personally think that Ankapistan could never. Really exists there has to be a certain group of people that don't need permission from someone else to punish those for for doing something that is that is universally considered wrong so that way there's no like well but i don't agree with that so i don't want to freely associate with his punishments even though i may have may have broken the nap or you know you know done something else that was bad like you know i could put someone else at risk or like drunk driving, I don't think breaks the nap. I think it's, but I think it's bad because I think that you're putting, you're being negligent. Well, reckless endangerment like drunk driving does certainly break the nap, I think. But that depends on your on your subjective interpretation. I think it's a bit of a stretch, but I do think that like we need one group of people that is universally able to say, okay, we have clear evidence that this happened. We can punish you without your permission because we can't have you pick and choose when uh when you get punished. Well, uh, the justice system is something else that um, is highly contentious among, you know, ANCAPs and libertarians. But I'm, I'm personally of the belief of punishment by isolation, right? You oh. want to rob a house or you want to kill somebody? All right. No, nobody in their right mind would sell anything to you. Okay. And, like, and if, you're, if you're well known as being, like, a mass serial killer... Or for ripping people off, or for or for ignoring contracts, nobody's going to want to associate with you. Nobody's going to want to sell you food or or give you a water supply or anything like that. You would have to provide all of that on your own, and I think that enough is an incentive to. I think um, ostracization as a punishment by by a group is enough to to dissuade crime, except for like the mentally ill or something. Yeah. Well, more because so most because everybody knows, you know, you can't. These days, you can't 100% autonomously operate alone. You need uh, an internet service provider. You need somebody to fix your plumbing. You need somebody to do something. You, 
it's very difficult these days to operate completely independently and still maintain a decent standard of living. There's only one way is if you're a very smart person who found land that is unoccupied that has enough resources. Yeah, but like, what's the odds of that? Yeah, exactly. And there's a there's that's kind of a people do that's that. kind of a lifeboat scenario if you if you get what I'm saying. Well, yeah, that that's that's like the show Life Below Zero or uh, Naked and Afraid stuff like that. Well, I I meant uh, a lifeboat scenario as in like it, it, that's kind of the gotcha scenario that was that has a one in 10 million chance of happening and it, it's designed to counter my argument you know yeah it's it's kind of like the well, what if this incredibly particular and, and and highly unlikely situation happens what then oh <laughs> uh, yeah guys come on what do you what do you think yeah no I, I i i just thought it would be a good nuance to not forget but probably not to take too seriously yeah i mean I, I think this. I think this. What about what about um, child abuse? I'm not talking about like you know sexual abuse. Have you ever heard of a kid called De- called Desmond is amazing? Nope. Oh, uh, it's 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 so heartbreaking and so creepy. He's called a drag kid because he's a kid who dresses up in drag and goes on fashion shows and shit. And his mom is like very much encouraging of it. And when you look at that, it seems it seems like. Oh, Okay, I think that's probably not a bad thing, but then you realize it's the the people who are encouraging it are probably not doing it because they think it's so beautiful and brave. They're most likely touching him in bad places, and it's a catalyst to have bad parents, you know, do that. And it's a you know, like what about keeping kids out of the hands of truly demented parents? Well, again. It's a contentious issue. I personally believe that's what um, orphanages or um, I, I, I know you as a Catholic might have a, an objection an objection to this, but churches or orphanages or you know private things that are specifically designed to help people in that situation. I believe that there's a there's a charity for kids who uh, need to get out of an abusive home, you know. Oh, yeah. And I do think that if a, if a parent violates the nap on a child, it's still a violation of the nap. And he still needs to be punished. Well, maybe it, it in the same way. Violation. Maybe it might not even be a nap violation. It could be something, maybe like you know, like forcing your kid to, dr- to dress up a certain way. Maybe not like punching him or anything, but like putting the makeup on on him and telling him he's he um he's gay, even if he's never said so, or even if he said, "But I like girls, as mommy," you know, try or like or, or like giving him like uh, food and only serving him food that has like estrogen in it so you know stuff like that oh okay so we're talking about like psychological borderline child endangerment but not quite so we're talking about here yeah to the point where it's designed to to slowly warp their minds to not understand reality and then do right but like what can government do about that though they could definitely they could definitely pass some law uh, saying that you know you can't be forcing your kid to take something. But like, how can how can the government be in every single home in America to make sure that's not happening? You know. Well, it's not so much to be in every home. This is kind of why I have what, what I talk about with the police. The police aren't really there to necessarily stop a crime most of the time. Sometimes they can. Sometimes you can use it to stop a crime, but they're usually there to take over a situation after a civilian has dealt with it themselves. Like, you know, like if a civilian tried to deal with a with an armed robber and they broke into that person's and and they, and, and it broke in and the person who broke in 
Uh, they win the fight. They 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 kill the civilian. The cops are there are there to then investigate it and bring that person to justice. So this way, it's not just like oh, I killed this person, so therefore I win. No, now you just got the police on your ass. No, they're there to finish it. I can see that, and um, that would that is why security forces would exist. Sure, but wouldn't they be essentially a government at that point if they have the right to? Exert force in order to in order to enforce um, a commonly held belief about order. Well, no, uh, hold hold on. Somebody saying, "Hey, protect my land with guns," and paying you is not the same as somebody saying, "Hey, we're going to protect your land with guns now. Pay us or else." You know, that's the distinct difference. I can voluntarily associate with people with guns to have them, you know, pr protect my land. I can't choose whether or not I want to associate with a government. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, what if? Well, what if there was a universal law that says the only time you think that you that you will be forced to associate with someone is if said security force um, has evidence, has hard evidence that you committed a crime, but it's only to interview you and um, bring you to, to a court system, and not and um, if they don't and if. Uh, if they don't have the evidence, they have to leave you alone. If you're found innocent, then they can't associate with you. So this Hold way, on, go through that again. You confused me. So in other words, you, the, the the one who pays for the security force, can choose from a variety of different forces. You know, STC services, Dunbar or um, Garda World, um, Black Blackwater, which is now Acad uh, Academy. Um, you can choose from any from any of these. Who protects your home? Um, and you can be one of many people that they protect. But uh, um, let's say you're the perpetrator. You cannot choose to, to, to freely associate with a security force or not if they are going, if they have hard evidence that you committed a crime. Therefore, it would be um, for those who perpetrated the crime. Uh, if it's clear you broke, broke the nap, um, you have to face punishments. Uh, again, that uh, there's interpretations of the nap that say that. There's interpretations that don't. It's very subjective. But I'm of the personal belief that when you violate somebody else's bodily or 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 any kind of autonomy, you yourself are giving up your uh, you, your autonomy to a degree. You know what I mean? So, in other words, you've chosen freely to associate with whoever you've betrayed, including whoever they employ. More, to a degree, yes, but it's. It's more like you've chosen you've chosen an action that you know has the consequence of being punished. Mm -hmm. therefore, you know? therefore, everything that happens afterward is your choice. Right, you are chosen. I I don't know how to phrase this. I wrote it down somewhere. I've had this conversation before. I wrote down how I like to phrase this somewhere. I don't have that piece of paper. Here's something you're really gonna get mad at me for. Then I think we should probably go. But um. Uh, I believe as a minarchist, there's only one principle that I think minarchists wouldn't like because minarchists believe that, you know, that um, what we believe is that the government should just be a referee, that it should just say you can't do this and only free make you associate in ways that allow that give everyone equal opportunity, not equality of outcome, meaning you could still go to a private school, but you should have to pay it. Um, a small amount for public school, but you have every. But it should be very small. The government should be heavily gutted and um, and uh, and revised and made much much smaller than it is today. 
and we should have an item as a reduction sheet. There's one belief I have that every minarchist will hate me for. I think that you, it, it, in a defensive war where we are attacked first, we should have the right to bring back the draft and force anyone to, who wants to live here that if they don't want to fight, they have to move out. They have to go somewhere else. They don't have to fight, but they can't live in the United States if they aren't going to fight for its independence. That's See, now we're getting into the specifics of the United States. See, when it comes to the matters of defense, I defer to a historical example. Are you, are you at all familiar with Roman history? Yeah. You remember who Vercingetorix was? No. But he was the he was the, the Gaul that led uh, some of the hardest campaigns that Caesar ever uh, fought against. Oh, um, he's, he was a Frenchman, basically. Yeah, he, he was a he was a Frenchman back when the French were cool. Well, they were called the Gauls at the time. For those who don't know, I don't want people to get confused. Yeah, they they were a tribalist society. They were called the Gauls. They were they 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 were cool. They were yeah. savages, barbarians, and extreme individualists. <laughs> they, you know, they they would they 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 they, they fuck shit up all the time. They're they're my kind of guys. Fun. Well, Rome wanted to subjugate the area known as Transalpine Gaul. Mm -hmm. uh, which was, um, for those of you not familiar with said terminology, it's like north of Italy, but like the very southern part of France. And the south of France, basically. Yeah, basically the very southern end of south France. Um, he wanted to subjugate that area and make it a Roman state, basically. He, he wanted to make it a state in the Roman Empire. Uh, yeah. what, so he... he <laughs> Stuttering. Relax, just chill. It's okay. We're we're good, man. We're good. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry, I just get annoyed. Uh, <laughs> Caesar wanted to subjugate this area by military force, and it was working for a while, until most of the Gallic tribe leaders decided that enough was enough. Caesar was being too brutal, too crazy. They needed to stop him. Right. So the tribal leaders met together, and uh, they got this guy, uh, uh, a tactical genius named Vercingetorix. Vercingetorix, though, refused any conscripted men. He wanted his an army to be entirely volunteer, and it was. He mm -hmm. raised over 30,000 men, and he fought a long and bloody campaign with Caesar. Uh-huh. Okay, so what you're saying is it, it definitely works more to have volunteers. And I agree. I mean, he, he lost because Caesar is Julius Caesar, but regardless, it took a long time to lose. Took like four years. Yeah, it's, which was long for a war back then. So in other words, so in other words, he was basically even though he was technically the loser, it, it was like when McGregor fought um, uh, Mayweather. You know, it, he just it took forever. You know, Mayweather still murks him, but, you know, Connor. But he, in there. It's like Rocky won, right? It's like Rocky won. It's not particularly about winning or losing the fight. It's the fact that he held in. Yeah, he won the distance. He, and, yeah. and he was one hell of an opponent, too. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. They really show us, yeah, because it's kind of like saying, well, the dude who was human still lost to the Hulk, but he held out for, like, five hours. Yeah, it's like... It, 
It's like uh, Iron Man, you know, beating Thor for like 15 minutes before the hammer came down, you know? Yeah. Like, it's still impressive. Yeah, it's still, it's still kind of like, you know, you're still facing fucking Thor. You yeah. Know? You're going yeah. to lose. It's really a matter of how quickly you're going to lose. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because Thor is Thor. He'll just go boom and you're done. Yeah. But, in that know. same way, Vercingetorix went the distance with Caesar, and it's really only because Vercingetorix didn't understand how fire works that he lost the war. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, you mean firepower. No, fire. What? He, he didn't understand fire. It's a long, complicated story involving a wall, a mud slope up the wall that the Romans wanted to march up towards, and Vercingetorix wanting to burn mud. <laughs> I mean, if he if he knew how chemicals works, he probably could make it work. Probably, but he used a torch. He just threw a torch at a at a mud hill in the rain and expected it to catch fire. There was no there was no oil. There was no there was no gasoline. There was no flammable liquid above it. It was just you know, fuck you, Romans. It was a mud hill that they tried to burn down before it could uh, before it could. Um, Reach the top of the reach the top of the wall of the town that they were defending and invade. Now, interestingly, the mud did dry, causing it to sink down, causing Vercingetorix to think that he did burn down the mud slope, and he went back inside. <laughs> oh, and then things got bad. And then things got bad when they piled more mud on top. Yes. <laughs> oh my God! Hey man, I've really got to go. This went way over the time I thought it would be. Would you mind mirroring this uh, stream on your uh, on your channel? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh sweet dude, and uh, um, I'll send you. Uh, do you do you use PayPal? Um, I can get a PayPal. That'd be good. Uh, let email me your PayPal information via you know like uh, DMs, and yeah. then when that happens, uh, I'll send you um, my my PayPal information, and once I get everything set up on on a, on a Kickstarter, we'll go from there. Okay, okay, sounds good. All right, dude. All right, the volunteerist consumer, everyone. Thank you very much for coming on. Ah, it was a pleasure. All right, see you later. See you.